uh, tonight's event, Man's March, Faces of Masculinity. I wanted to create this event to show you we are all more than the definition of masculinity, which was presented in a few words, right? Strength, boldness, aggression, or masculine attire. <laughs> you can't define this, right? Um, I want to make this not a safe place, but a brave space. You know, these five gentlemen here are more than qualified in showing what it is to go from good to great by taking that lid off the jar and creating an environment that will impact generations to come. Um, I want to uh, allow these gentlemen to introduce themselves. Hello. So I'm uh, Thomas Howard, a.k.a. DJ Doc, and I am the owner of Rock Enterprises. My name is Barton Black. Um, I am co-owner of the gym Chula Vista down in Chula Vista, San Diego. Uh, I'm also a behavioral specialist in mental health and an author. Good evening, my name is Chetty Matthews. I'm a speaker, teacher, and coach, and owner of Headspace Coaching, How to Make Good Great. Hi guys, my name is Zeke Corley. I am the co-owner of uh, Network One Insurance and uh, Bill Corley Insurance Agency. I'm also the owner of A Different Day Network's uh, podcast network. Hello everybody, my name is Terrell Simmons. I'm the founder and the host of Rise Urban Nation, which is a podcast. And I do also workforce development, consulting, and equity, diversity, and inclusion work around here in San Diego. Love each other, all right? So, but I, I do want to start with you, Mr. Thomas here, with uh, what does the masculine face mean to you? So the masculine face to me uh, means a couple of things. One, where other men can see you and see that there's strength, but there's also compassion in your face. It's got to be where they feel good enough to approach you, talk to you, maybe, uh, ask uh, information or knowledge and things of that nature and you're able to give that. So that's uh, one part of it. Second part is to women where they feel that there's strength, protection, and uh, the ability to talk to you as well. But um, being a man is interesting because I travel all over the globe and there are similarities and there are differences. So I'm not going to focus on the cultural differences because I get a feeling there are people from different blocks and different streets and different parts of town. So if I give you a perspective from my New York side, or my Jamaican side, or my English side, or my California side, that's going to throw people off. Because men have to be multifaceted. And by that, you've got to be a provider sometimes. You've got to be a defender sometimes. You've got to be aggressive sometimes. You've got to be compassionate sometimes. You've got to be the calm one when there's a storm going on sometimes. You've got to think through some stuff sometimes as well. Sometimes you've got to put your emotions in check. And you've got to be the leader in the room. And those things can be tough. And sometimes you're going to make a tough stance. And if you take a tough position, sometimes that's not usually the popular decision. So you're going to put yourself in places that are uncomfortable. You're going to be comfortable being uncomfortable as a man. And even beyond that, there's so many other parts to it. But the biggest part is you're going to be authentic. Be who you are. And no matter what that looks like. No matter, and, and you know, you look in this room, everyone's different. Yet, what makes you so awesome is the fact that you are different. But you're yourselves. If I try to be any one of you, it's going to look weird. So as a man, be who you are and own that space. Because you have X amount of years being, of experience being you. And X amount of days trying to be a copy of someone else, a cheap copy of that. I would say for me, I, I've been leaning in a little bit more. Uh, my wife and daughter have, have, has encouraged me to lean into vulnerability a little bit more as a man. And, and tap into that, that gift of vulnerability. Um, sometimes as men, we don't, we don't, we don't have all the answers. We don't know it all, and it's, and and tapping into 
the emotion of saying no, hey, I, I have this emotion, I'm, I'm sad, I, I don't know, I'm scared. Being able to, 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 to shed a tear so my, my daughter knows that it's okay. That, that, that sometimes baby girls may cry too because we, 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 we feel something here. We don't have to be tough and, and carry this bravado with us all the time. In every space to think that we got it together, we we have to hold it down. We have to be the rock, right? Um, so that's what I've been tapping into a little bit more this year is that leaning into vulnerability um, and and recognizing that as a strength and not a weakness. So when I when I think of dangerous, I think of the white men sitting at the Capitol as dangerous because think about the mentality to control a whole population or a destitute of people and keep them in poverty. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous thought, a dangerous outcome, and, and the fact that they, they have the ability, the, the know-how, the skill set, and the thought process to know how to do that, right? That's dangerous to me. You know, I, I, I agree with everything on here. Um, I'll speak to this part, at least the, the career part, which which you kind of alluded to, which is, I think in in the different systems that we have set in place today, education system, you know, uh, society, whatever, it, it teaches us to, hey, go go to do this career so that you can make a good living, make a dollar, right? Um, and what I like to do with my daughter and with different young people that I speak to is I'm like, look. Uh, I have compassion to the dream that they have, right? And, alright, that's cool that you have that dream. How can we accomplish that, right? Uh, because all through my life, all I heard was like, hey, you go to college, get this job, you're going to make good money. <clears throat> and you're going to achieve the American dream. And I did that, and when I got to the corporate, I was miserable, right? And then, and then I realized because I, the, the company I was working with, although I had upper mobility, financially, the, their values weren't in line with my values. So I want my kid to have their set of values and, and push them to align whatever it is that they're passionate about and what they dream to do to make sure that's in alignment with their values. I tell them, do what you love, love what you do, don't chase the money, let the money chase you. And here's what I mean by that. When I started to align with my values and do what I love and, 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 and do it with the passion of service and commitment that I, I want to do it with, the checks started to show up. I remember the first time somebody asked me to speak at the mayor's office. And it's like, oh, I see you speak at that school. How much would it cost you to come speak over here? Oh, you want to pay me? I didn't know people get paid to speak. <laughs> like, yeah, how much would it cost? And I, I, I gave him a number. He's like, oh, that's it? I was like, wait, you would pay more? Like, shoot. That's my uh, family expense. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, and I think that's where we, we get it confused sometimes. If we focus on aligning people with, you know, whatever it is, their values is and their passion with, that's where wealth lies. I'm going to just add, I'm just going to dovetail on what you said. Um, and if, hey, gentlemen said it earlier, think about this. Children don't listen to what you say. They model your behavior. They model your behavior. You can say whatever you want to say. They're going to look at you like, and do what you do. If you want to see what parents are doing, look at the children. I always look at the children. Because you can see and hear about them. So I hear parents talking, and I'll look at the kids and be like, got it. They'll tell. They don't mean it, but they will tell. Because they model what they see when no one else is seeing it. So you can learn a lot that way, but your children are watching. And they're going to get to an age, they're going to call you out. And believe me, my children will call me out if what I say and do don't lie. They will call me. And I love it because it keeps me accountable in ways that nobody else will. I mean, they, they hold you accountable. Dad, but you said this, so why are you doing that? Oh, 
but they, they hold me accountable and because I love them. I love the fact that they call me out because it makes me better because sometimes you, you deviate. But they help me to be better because now I'm obligated to make sure that I don't show that I'm a hypocrite and that I am true to my word. That's, a, that's tough sometimes because sometimes you don't want to do the right thing. And I'll look at them and be like, oh, my ladies, my, my princess is watching it. My prince is watching it. Uh-oh. Guess I better do what I said I'm going to do. And that's part of my motivation for the, the life I live now is ensuring that they see that I live the example that I want them to live in their lives. Which is, I, I do I do check because that's the I'm only skilled at that. I have no skills of being anybody else, and I don't want to be a facsimile of anybody else. So I do check and I want them to do themselves also. So, so Frederick Douglass has said it's easier to raise children than it is to repair broken man. Right? There's much truth in that, right? Um, the question I have is this, though. Do you think we are leaving man broken, or has the broken boy inside of them not allowed themselves to operate in the fullness of humanity? One of the things that uh, a few of us belong to, one of, the, one of the groups we belong to is called MenX. And there we talk about being able to be in a safe place and actually verbalize how we feel, our emotions and things of that nature, without judgment. I feel like society makes it seem that you have to be hard as a man. Whatever you had happen before, deal with it. You're a man, don't cry, just go. But in reality, some of the bravest brothers that I've met, okay, in this group have had some serious stuff go on. And they've talked about it, and we've seen growth in the group from some of the guys. Okay, so I think that ultimately if we do not allow men to speak on their feelings and so forth, that takes away from ultimate masculinity in my opinion. Because you have to be able to show that you can be strong yet caring. Okay, we talk about compassion. The only way to do that is to allow yourself to be able to be compassionate. But you've got to face what occurred, acknowledge it, and then move on not repress it. Think about this. If you're an adult and you're dealing with a child, you have so many things, so much power in that situation, in that dynamic, you have so much power. You have authority, you probably have just physical size over that person. That person wants your acceptance, love, and approval. They have all these things. So they are, their heart space is wide open. No gates, no barriers, wide open. And if you run in there stepping on all the flowers, what do you think is going to happen? They were wide open, receptive to whatever you were going to give them. And if you gave them garbage, that's what they harbor. If you foster that and you nurture it, then that grows into something very strong. But if we kill them at the roots, what do you think is going to happen? We, we cause this sometimes. I realized that I didn't think I was smart until my oldest sister told me I was smart. So for 11 years of my life, I didn't think I was smart. Never heard it. Because English teachers aren't telling you that in England. They're not. They're not. So. I didn't realize it was a thing that I could, I didn't even, I wasn't allowed to be smart because I didn't think it was something that was even available to me. Think about that. So my world was limited until I realized, oh, I am smart. And as, soon, as funny as this is, as soon as I thought I was smart, guess what I became? Smart ass. That's what I was always that. I became smart, really. And it's funny how that works. So nowadays, I'm always telling young people about their potential, how awesome they are, how beautiful they are, how smart you are, how cool you are. How, as many superlatives as I can use, I'll use that with a child. Why? Because I realized.